Tyler's message is how to honor our elders. Job 12, 12 says this. Wisdom belongs to the aged and understanding to those who have lived many years. Wandering through the jungle one day, an old dog saw a leopard approaching, so he lay down and started chewing on some old bones. Just then, as the leopard prepared to pounce, the dog exclaimed, Man, that was one tasty leopard. I hope there are more like that around. Terrified, the big cat turned and fled. Meanwhile, a monkey who observed all this from afar tree decided to score some points with the leopard by telling him he had been fooled. So the leopard was furious and told the monkey, hop on my back while I go get that old dog. As the pair approached him from behind, the old dog heard them coming and shouted, where on earth is that stinking monkey? I, I sent him out this morning to find me another leopard and he's still not back. <laughs> the point is this, that wisdom and understanding usually wins over out of youthful inexperience and exuberance. God's word says this. I'm glad it says it. My hair's getting gray. Gray hair is a crown of glory gained by living a godly life, Proverbs 16, 31. It also says to honor and respect the elderly in the fear of God, Leviticus 19, 32. The New Testament, Peter writes, younger people, submit to your elders, 1 Peter 5, 5. And Solomon adds, those who listen to instruction will prosper, Proverbs 16, 20. So you that are younger, before you decide to blow off advice and experience of your elders, remember, you can learn a lot from those who were around before outdoor toilets. Who in here had the joy and experience of visiting one of these? Any, any? Here's the issue before those days. Well, my grandparents had one, but they didn't have this. Evidently, they didn't buy it. I'm sure they made it back in the 50s, but there was no semblance of this when you went. But when I opened that outhouse door after that graphic smell approached my nostrils, that wasn't my biggest issue. My biggest issue was them stinking spider webs up in there. I don't like spiders. I don't know about you guys. I don't love them. And you can't see what's in that hole. You don't want to see what's in that hole, actually. And my grandma and grandpa were notorious for getting catalogs. And the whole time you were in there, you were doing this. And there is no way on this earth that you're going to make this feel like that. <laughs> this is slick paper. It's not, not, it's not absorbent. That is a part of the problem. Man, oh man, was I glad when they... Here's the funny thing about that. And then they had a, had a chamber pot. And as a kid, that was my job in the mornings to empty that chamber pot. But anyhow... Grandpa got hurt, and he wasn't feeling really well, so my grandma decided that she'd get a plumber, and in the corner of the bedroom, put a bathroom. All it was was one stool, and then she wouldn't let me use it. Nope, that's for your grandpa. You go out and use that outhouse. Oh, my gosh, what a stinking deal. <laughs> you guys are laughing. You guys are laughing most. You don't have a clue what I'm talking about, but I... I think maybe Crossroads need to get one of these and put it up over at the courthouse and then you, it, square, and then you guys can experience some of that. You weren't around before disposable diapers, and that's the other whole world with children is that diaper pail when you went to lift the lid off of that bad boy. Wow. Facelifts, open heart surgery space, travel on the internet, hair transplants, and a lot of folks that age honored God. So. Keep your ears and your eyes open above all. Stay teachable and honor your elders. 
I don't know if this has been you in life, but for some reason I've had a great desire to learn from older people. And I know some of you are thinking, you didn't learn much, did you? But uh, nonetheless, I've heard incredible stories from folks in my life. There was an elderly man in the church in Freeport. His name was Johann Dietrich Holtz. And he came over through Ellis Island. And some of the stories that he would tell were just incredible and would make him mad because his name was H-O-T-S. And people would say, John Hotz. No, no, it's not Hotz. It's Holtz, Holtz, Holtz. He'd just go on and on about that. But uh, I love talking to him about that. Frankie Button, this old man that I knew in my hometown, went out west to be a cowboy. He, was, he went to barber school in Los Angeles and was in a barber shop in uh, Las Vegas, and Will Rogers came in, and just stories like that. My father-in-law, uh, as a boy in Terre Haute in the Depression, selling papers on Wabash Avenue, um, said people would get up on trains going through Terre Haute slow and throw coal off to heat their houses. Hobo camps, they'd come to their house for food. My mother-in-law, as a child, saw John Dillinger in North Terre Haute. Um, he was up there and he'd give kids money. And my grandparents, strong work ethic, how to stay married for a long time without killing each other. My grandpa taught me how to laugh and my grandma told stories about her dad, came home from the Civil War injured and went back. We have some incredible seniors in our midst. Sonner Fott's, Fott's still moving at 92. Here at Crossroads, we got Marjorie Thomas who drives all over the country. She's in her 80s. She goes to the east and west coast and speeds. Actually, I'm going to put a big number three on her car, I told her. But, uh, <laughs> Colleen Headley's mother, Rachel, a quiet lady, but you get to talking to her. Did you realize that at the end of World War II, post-war Germany, she went over there and helped clean that mess up? It, it, you just don't, you don't hear stories like that every day to sit down with these people and what you can, you can learn from them. And those guys at Dinks out of the golf course, over 80, golfing, they beat me on a consistent basis. We need to honor those folks and not see them as a burden. That's my point this morning, is the scripture is telling us that, that our society's kind of going in another direction. When I was a teenager, I thought people in their 40s were old, and we'd play basketball after I got out of high school at the gym, and this guy of 40 would show up, and I couldn't believe he was playing basketball at 40 years old. At 66, I see people in their 40s as kids. They're my kids, you know. How do you know you're getting old? You know you're getting old when almost everything hurts and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. It feels like the morning after the night before and you haven't been anywhere. All the names in your little black book end in MD. You look forward to a dull evening at home. You turn out the lights for economic, not romantic reasons. Your knees buckle and your belt won't. You sink your teeth into a stake and they stay there. You try to straighten out that, the wrinkles in your socks and you find you aren't wearing any. And you know that little gray-haired lady that helps you across the street? She's your wife. People uh, age 65 and older make up 14.6% of the population of Indiana. Here in Sullivan County, it's 16.6. And as more and more of us 77 million boomers retire, those stats will grow. A boomer is somebody who was born between 1964 or 1946 to 64. It's often been said that boomers are like a pig in a python as we go through society. But we're reaching retirement age. And you think about that, and now the next generation, 
The millenniums are, are, are larger than us. This has profound implications for our country and for the church in particular. With three workers per retiree today, Social Security is already severely strained. We know that. Very soon, by the year 2000, 2035, the ratio will be two workers per retiree, according to the Social Security Trustees Report, page 10, and it will be completely unsustainable in its current form. What then? Maybe I'll be here, maybe I won't. But what, what about you that are younger? We, we, we shudder to think of these things because I think it freaks us out a little bit. And here's my question. Will bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. have to limit health care for the elder because there's too many and it's too expensive? Will elders' lives become not having sufficient quality to save? You know, this is kind of strange stuff. There's already a push in our society for phys physician-assisted suicides where a person's so-called right to die is quickly becoming their duty to die. It's because they won't become a burden to their family or to society. Euthanasia, also known as mercy killing, also known as assisted suicide. More and more, the life of an elderly person is considered a cheap, is cheap, cheap and not worth saving, but Christ calls the church to a different attitude, a different standard. Here in 1 Timothy 5, when we get in the scripture, we can pretty much outline every phase of our life and what it tells us that we need to be doing, actually. In 1 Timothy 5, God tells us in his word how he wants the church to treat and honor the elders in our midst. 1 Timothy 5, 1, through 1 and 2 says, Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectively as though he were your own father. Talk to the younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat the older women as you would your mother and treat the younger women with all purity as your own sisters. You see, the church is a family. We talk about that a lot as a church is family. And we've got to treat everybody in the church as family. The older men as fathers, the younger men as brothers, the older women as mothers, the younger women as sisters. The meaning is that we need to come alongside and help each other. And God wants us to come alongside each other to comfort when we're hurting, to defend each other when we need defended and to help in practical ways. This is especially true of the elderly in our midst. Here's two actions we must extend to our elders. The first one is this. We've got to treat them like family. Our society more and more wants us to put them away, but God wants us to come alongside and help them just like we would our own mothers right. and fathers. That's right. Dr. Albert Schweitzer was 85 years old and still working in his uh, jungle hospital at Lamborghini on the banks of the Angawi River. It was about 11 in the morning, the sun was hot, and he was walking up a hill with some friends. Suddenly he left them and hurried across the slope of a hill to a place where an African woman was struggling with a huge arm load of firewood. He took the entire load of wood and carried it up on the hill for the relieved woman. And when they all reached the top of the hill, one of the members of the group asked, Dr. Schweitzer, why'd you do these things? Implying that in the heat of his he should not do it. Schweitzer looked straight in the eye of all of them and pointed to the woman and said, no one should ever have to bury or carry a burden like that alone. And that's the way the church should be with us. We should never have to carry a burden alone. That We should be astute and in tune with the Holy Spirit enough that we come alongside people. Abraham Herschel once said, the test of a people is how it behaves toward the elderly. It is easy to love children. Even tyrants and dictators make a point of being fond of children. But the affection and care for the old, the incurable, the helpless are the true gold mines of culture. Did you hear that? The affection and care for the old, 
incurable, the helpless, are the true gold mines of a culture. The opposite is also true. A culture is in deep trouble when it starts talking about eliminating the old, the incurable, and the helpless. We who are students of history, we go back and see that in Nazi Germany. The genocide of six million Jews starts, didn't start with the gas chambers and death camps. It started with the advocacy of euthanasia for those who were deemed incurable and lacking a sufficient quality of life to continue living. The gas chambers were first built for them in the hospitals of Germany. In October 1939, Hitler ordered widespread mercy killing of the sick and disabled. He codenamed it Actian T4 to eliminate life unworthy of life. And by August 41, six killing stations had eliminated nearly 100,000 people of all ages within the confined borders of Germany. Many call euthanasia assisted suicide. You remember Kevorkian. He claimed that he assisted with the deaths of over 130 people. Majority of them were illegal. And crazy thing about, not all of them were terminal. It seems like he got the, the ball rolling. Do you realize that it's legal now in the states of Washington, Oregon, California, Vermont, and the countries of Canada, the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, Switzerland, Sweden, Japan, Colombia, and Albania? And this concept of euthanasia seemed far-fetched in 1973 when Hollywood produced a movie entitled Soylent Green. It was a movie about the future where the earth had become grossly overpopulated and extremely polluted. There wasn't anything pure anymore. Natural resources were completely depleted. Poverty was in its extremes. Dying oceans, year-round high humidity because of the greenhouse effect. It starred Charlton Heston and Edgar G. Robinson in his last film. People survived on processed food called Soylent Green. And when you got a certain age or you couldn't function in society, the police, the higher authorities would take you into a place, put you in a bed, hook you up, an IV, and then on that screen, you could pick from two or three different nature scenes from a pristine world at that time. You could pick the ocean. You could pick the mountains. You could pick the forest. And as they euthanized you and died, you could watch this on the screen. And after you died, they took you and they made you into little green cubes called Soylent Green. And they were feeding people to each other to keep them alive. Now, when I first saw that, it was so far-fetched that it really, I really couldn't connect the dots. I don't know how far-fetched that is now. Look how far we have come. I wouldn't be surprised if more states adopted assisted suicide. Where are we headed as a nation, as a people, as a culture? Our government and courts condone Murdering babies are the elderly next. I think it's something that we need to ponder. Well, God calls us as a church to be countercultural. God calls us to come alongside the elderly, to visit them, spend time with them, not to eliminate them. Treat the elderly like family. God says then, number two, treat them like a fortune. Value them. See them who they really are. First Timothy 5.3 gives proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. The church should care for any widow who has no one else to care for her. How do you honor them and list them to teach younger women? They have so much to offer. They, they have wisdom that only years of living can give. They're farther down the road. They have time. They've worked and raised their families. And now, hopefully, over those years, their skills have been honed and they can teach that. 
You know, the most productive years of a person's life can be after retirement. Moses was 80 when God called him to lead the children out of Israel or out of Egypt. Socrates gave the world his best philosophy at age 70. Plato was only a student at 50 doing his best work after his 60th birthday. Michelangelo painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel when he was almost 90. Webster wrote his monumental dictionary at 70. Winston Churchill became prime minister of Great Britain at age 65 and rallied the world to victory against Hitler. You realize that 95% of people 65 and over are still active in their community. And the church misses out on all of that knowledge that if we don't enlist them to help build God's kingdom. Listen to verses 3 through 8, 1 Timothy chapter 5. The church should care for any widow who has no one to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, you notice he, he didn't stop at kids. He said grandkids as well. Their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God very much. But a woman who is a true widow, one who is truly alone in this world, has placed her hope in God. Night and day she asks God for help and spends much time in prayer. But the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead. Give these instructions to the church so that the widows you support will not be criticized. But those who won't care for their own relatives, especially those living in the same household, have denied what we believe. Such people are worse than unbelievers. That's strong language, isn't it? My goodness gracious, listen to that again. But those who won't care for their own relatives, especially those living in the same household, have denied what we believe, and such people are worse than unbelievers. You see... We adult children have a responsibility to take care of our aging parents. It's only fair for all they have done for us. And I know this is, this is difficult, difficult stuff. Yes, I applaud Pastor Jeff and Belinda. Leah and Chris took care of her dad. Chris and Kelly. I, I can go on and name people that you see. Bert, Lynette. This is tough business. And I'll tell you what, friends. Till you get in our place, if you're younger... Till your parents get aged and they start going through these changes, you won't get it. That's why we need to listen to the Word of God and get it now right. and understand what he, what he is trying to say to, to us because our culture is going the other way. Yes, a mother found a bill under her coffee cup one morning made out by her eight-year-old son, Justin. It read like this, Mom, you owe Justin for taking out the trash five bucks a week, three dollars for doing what mom said. $4 for taking piano lessons, a dollar just being her son, and $2 for anything extra that I'd missed. $15 total. Mom smiled, made no comment at lunch. Justin found the bill under his own plate along with $15 and another piece of paper folded neatly. Open it, opening it, he read, Justin owes mom for nursing him through the flu and many cases of strep throat. Nothing. For loving him and showing compassion, Nothing. For cooking, cleaning, doing his laundry, nothing. Buy, for buying clothes, toys, and school costs, nothing. Spending hours driving to soccer practice and games, sitting on hard benches in cold and rain, nothing. Our mothers did it all for nothing. Therefore, it's only right that we pay them back and we try to take care of them the best that we can in their old age. This pleases God in verse 4, and it demonstrates our faith in verse 8. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That is, that is really strong language. Denied the faith. We've got to take care of our families. 
1 Timothy 5, 16. If a Christian woman has relatives who are widows, she must take care of them and not put the responsibility on the church. Then the church can care for widows who are truly alone. We've had this discussion before. I know Kurt and I have had it. Do you see? This is God's answer to the social security issue and health care crisis in our country. We're supposed to take care of our own members of our family. And that leaves the church to take care of those that don't have family. Ever since FDR's New Deal in the 30s and Johnson's Great Society in the 60s, we have looked to the federal government to take care of our families. And now we see that that system is almost bankrupt with a spiraling national debt and higher and higher taxes, threatening to destroy the economic viability of the entire country. God did not create governments to take care of the needy. No, God created the church to take care of the poor on his behalf. His behalf. And here God asked the church, not the state, to honor his widows. God asked the church to provide for its elderly, to enlist them for service and pay them for services rendered, but only if they don't have any other family members to support them, the scripture says, and only if they're not fooling around. That's where the church can help because God tells us as a church to care for our elderly. He wants us to treat them as family and treat them like a fortune. I've been noticing this for years. I do believe, and this is my philosophy, so would you take it, take it or leave it. This is from Eddie. That as one ages, as one starts to get older, you start to notice in certain circles and maybe even within your own family that you're becoming more and more invisible. And as those years go by, I, I do fear that there's a place in some of our lives that we will totally vanish from sight, that no one will see you. And I'll tell you the reason I believe this, because our nursing homes are full of invisible people. They are people that nobody ever sees, only the ones paid to help them. That's it. We went through that. A lot of you are going through it now, and, and I feel for you. We went to Casey uh, once a week for 10, 12, 14 years to see Diane's mom. And sometimes we didn't want to go. But I told her, I said, Diane, you will never, ever regret this. And she's not regretted it a bit. But here's the thing. When we go see Opal, there were people in there that nobody ever saw them. And they never got touched. Do you know what touch does? Especially to somebody that hasn't been. That's why we're here. Even if you walk through a nursing home and touched somebody and told them you loved them, what a huge impact that would make on their lives. That's why we as a church family must treat elderly as family and see them as a fortune and very valuable. That's why we honor them. Watch this clip. It's called Honor the Elderly, the Forgotten Ones. You don't have it? It's not on there? Okay, yeah, we had this, our computer blowed up. That, uh, that doesn't have a, uh, what you call it, <laughs> DVD place. Nonetheless, this clip was pretty pointed in the fact that it's just kind of bringing together what, what I just talked about. So 
today as we close, what has God said to you? It's the most important thing about church and music and messages. God maybe said something to you different than he said to me because he speaks to individual hearts. So if, you, if you're under 65 today and maybe God's pricked your heart and if you to get a little more involved and honor and respect in your elders and loving them, reaching out to them. And, and if you're an active uh, elder, perhaps God said to you, hey, look what I've given you. Look at the resources that you have at your disposal. Look at the time that you have. Are you using that to the full extent to serve me? Whatever God has said to you, as I always say, just be obedient and do it. And do it, do it now. Respond. Don't slough it off. We, we sometimes have a tendency just to slough this Holy Spirit off. And I don't really think that's a good idea. Lord, I love you and I thank you for these fine folks. And Lord, you give us responsibility in life to ourselves and to our families and to those that are a little farther down the road. So I pray, Holy Spirit, whatever you have said to us today, we might take it to heart, we might apply it, we might be obedient. Thanks again for our elders. Lord, may we respect them and honor them and treat them as family. For we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen.